Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about License to Kill. Now, Aaron, I want to talk to you about our own License to Kill here in West Virginia. Um, You know, if you want to be a hunter in this great state, you've got to go over to a uh, a place of business and purchase a hunting license. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same if you want to be a killer of fish. If you want right. to be a fisherman, an angler. Well, you don't necessarily kill the fish. No, only if you you're hardcore. Yeah. I always do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we just take them out, <laughs> hit them with a rock, and a, walk no. off. What I do is I take a wire, and I put them in the front seat of a car, and then I act like we're going somewhere. <laughs> wow. See, like you're a fish baiter, <laughs> then killer. What a jerk. So, um, now, have you ever been hunting before, Aaron? No, 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 no. You don't come from a family of hunters. I do. I do. Everyone on both sides of my family hunted all the time. Mm. Yeah, but you just you never me. you never felt the urge to join them. No. Me and Brent never hunted, and Roy did. I don't like fishing either, mm. and Brent doesn't either. I, we were just that generation that didn't do that. You know, well, we were. I don't know if you can if we can throw that down to the generational thing because I know lots of people your age and lots well, of people my age that hunt and fish. I didn't mean that as a blanket statement. I mean, my generation of our family, we just didn't hunt. Mm. So, now, like, that's not even true. Me and Brett don't hunt. Okay. Everyone else does. How's that? <laughs> I, uh, um, you know, I don't like guns, to be honest with you. Uh, so, there's that. Mm-hmm. I do like animals. I don't want to shoot them. There's that. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have any problem with hunting. In fact, uh, you got to have hunters around here. Otherwise, you got real problems. Yeah. Uh, but you got animals. You got deer everywhere. I mean, every, even with hunters, mm-hmm. that hunters don't take nearly as many deer as they used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the deer roam in packs sometimes. Big herds of deer. Uh, I guess deer don't run in packs, do they? Technically, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Just over the plains, like wild buffalo. Just packs hunting stuff. Uh, so, but most of what gets hunted around here are uh, either deer or fowl. You know, squirrel, like a popular squirrel, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and really hunting a squirrel with a big gun. I <laughs> well, you don't hunt a squirrel with a big gun. You hunt a squirrel with a small gun. Any gun. There's no gun small enough to. T- you're killing a squirrel. They're tiny, like that big. Yeah. Rabbits. You know, but deer's the big thing. Rabbits and squirrels aren't going to run out in front of your car. There's a uh, yeah. There's I mean there's people hunt everything in West Virginia. We're 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 a sportsman's paradise in this state. Uh, we've got your deer, of course, are the most popular thing. Squirrel, rabbit, uh, wild turkey. People hunt yeah. wild turkey in the state. People My grandpa hunt... was a big fan of turkey. He'd go out to the turkeys right around Thanksgiving, too. Mm-hmm. As soon as it was open, he'd go. People hunt a uh, bear in this state. Crazy they, they, people. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a bear season in the state. So That costs you big money. To um, that's, no, that's not cheap to do yeah. that. Uh, I've been hunting, I believe, once. Once or twice in my life. And... Um, much like you, I'm not a big gun guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big killing things guy. 
Um, but you hate violence and blood. Too. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. And again, you know, it's not so much. Well, you know, at some point, if you eat meat, you realize that something that you've, you know, it's been killed by somebody. But the thing that it is is like whenever you go out and you shoot a deer or something, it's not like voila, it's like you're done. No, that's when the fun begins. That's when you take out the hunting knife and you gut that sucker right there in the field. I'm not yeah. about to gut any sucker in any field. No way. Well, you know, uh, they have places that will dress your deer, cut your deer. Nobody I most, know that hunts. It, it, most it, well, no, I mean, services. Those clearly, places. somebody does that yeah. because Pete, the services exist. But right. no, no hunter would say, "Yeah, I killed it, then I drug it over to this guy." Right. They, they go out there and they do the deed. Um, uh, a big yeah. part of why I don't like hunting is because hunting season is not in the summer. It is in the fall or the winter. Mm-hmm. And so you have to wake up before dawn, take your position out in some cold woods somewhere and just sit there and shiver. That's yeah. not an idea. That's not my idea of a good time. I would hear my uncles talk about it. My grandpa talked about going up on one of those uh, elevated platforms. You know, and oh, wait, yeah, the stand, the tree stand. The stand, the tree stands, and those things are pretty elaborate sometimes. Many sometimes people die in this state every year by falling out of them. Falling out of these things, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, can you, I, and they tell me, it's like, well, I'm out there, I'm freezing. You know, it's, it's <laughs> 6 a.m. I think to myself, you know, you could go to any restaurant on Earth and just get some meat. Mm-hmm. You know, is it really worth all this effort? The answer is no. It is a sport. You know, and there are people that also use the uh, the bow. You know, bow yeah. hunting mm-hmm. is a thing around here, uh, which that's a little more sporting, I guess. I don't know, um, but uh, hey, if it's your cup of tea, it's ne- it's a necessary evil as far as I'm concerned. But I really, at this point, I don't know if hunting actually does much anyway. There, I, it just there's the well, okay. Here's just, here's what it's hunting very does. Expensive when you when you pay for that hunting license. That that goes into the park budget. That that benefits oh. lots of other things. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, so. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I don't know if it, you, you, the amount of deer, for right. example, is, is it deer, controlling I the it population? Matters. I don't. I don't think it. I don't right. think there are enough hunters to make that happen. For right. Sure, That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. In terms of the money, oh yeah, you got to don't, don't think you don't pay. Mm-hmm. And you think about how expensive it is to hunt. You're buying the weapons, the clothes, the gas to get oh, out. There. It's just like any other hobby. You know, you yeah. can really go off the deep end for sure. You know, but I mean. Uh, it, it, I always wonder um, if honey will dry up legal hunting. I'd say there's a, probably quite a bit of poaching that goes on uh, in the state that you don't even hear about. It, 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 it will never out. dry up in this state because it's too much revenue. The, the, I mean, it's a, it's a significant amount of revenue that comes in from, from hunting licenses. Tag yeah. fees, oh, things yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's expensive. And, so, and that's the thing. We're not a wealthy bunch, so... Uh, you've that's a fishing is expensive too, mm-hmm. and they're you're you're a lot of people just really get mad about the yeah. license. It is sort of baloney, but you're right. You have to stock lakes, and we don't have. I think we've got what one natural lake Only in the whole one. state, mm-hmm. and yeah. so we everything has to be stocked. Uh, and uh, uh, of course, the woods don't have to be stocked, but they are maintained. Mm-hmm. You got to have the law out there. Uh, so you know, but not my bag. Yeah, you know, I don't. But I don't. If if anybody else hunts more power to them you know? yeah i got i got no problems i got no qualms yeah. with the hunters um so aaron it's been a, a busy week in the amiga world in both our site and beyond but mm. let's take a look at everything amiga.com what do we got this week aaron up over we've got, here we've got a real interesting article this week boaster i actually read this article for, it was from the dunk the good old dunk and the title of the article is, Why is my Amiga killing floppy disks? Mm. Uh, I found this quite interesting. It just goes to show you that uh, uh, 
when you trace stuff out, you never know what kind of wacky end result there's going to be. And in this case, uh, Dunk, the Dunkster, Duncan Styles, was having trouble uh, writing to discs. <clears throat> he couldn't figure out what was going on, and so he traced out the problem to back to his Gary chip. Now, what is and, it for for somebody that's not an Amiga, you know, aficionado? What is the gear? What what does the Gary chip do? Do you know? I, are you kidding me? I was I just curious. All, I don't know all of its uh, uh, of its uh, th- all the things it does, but one of the things it does is have it has something to do with you reading and writing from your disk drive. Mm. Uh, the uh, fact of the matter is, he had a uh, issue with a pen on his Gary chip, and sure enough, uh, that was causing him to ha- to ruin these discs that he wrote to him and. Once he repaired it, lo and behold, uh, the problem uh, went away. Of course, his discs were ruined, but that's what you got to do. Anyway, it's a neat article. Plus, it's handy if you ever have this happen. This reminds me of when I had the uh, old 1200 boat and had a, a similar situation uh, with the uh, with the joysticks, and I, uh, you know, uh, where I had a, a certain direction not working. I traced that back to a chip as well, uh, and. Uh, it was one that I've never seen a solution for, and I couldn't come up with one. So, and of course, this stuff's going to become uh, more and more frequent as these uh, machines get older. Mm-hmm. You know, a uh, lot so, of people don't. You know, uh, you don't suspect that chips themselves will go bad. You expect capacitors, you expect power supplies, but uh, you know, chips are not something that immediately spring to mind. And unlike capacitors and power supplies, chips are not something you can just go out to the store and pick up, you know. Right, right, especially, especially, now I'm looking here real effy in the chat and says that Gary controls, he does bus control and floppy drive logic. So oh, there you go. so yeah, that's the Thank main, you. the main floppy Thank chip. Thank you, real effy. Um, so anyway, good stuff if you ever come across this issue. It's got to be something that ha- has happened more than once. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so that's that's kind of neat. And we're going to need all the information we can get. Now, Will, that's something else I like about the uh, uh, Unamiga. It's like, it's new. So I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll, you'll be six feet under before the Unamiga fails, that's you for know, sure. Well, just to get, this is a pertinent article. I'll t- tell you why. You talked about me, and you remember how my I was afraid to touch the Vectrix, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was afraid the Vectrix wouldn't stop working. Well, the Vectrix, we touched it. <laughs> and, and it what stopped happened? Working. It stopped working. So I've got to fix the Vectrix. <laughs> and so, but the Vectrix is such a rare unusual item well now everything's getting old rare and unusual i'm afraid it's have to, you know a lot of stuff it's not so bad with the consoles but when it comes to stuff like uh, these computers man these things are uh they're getting up there and they're getting rare and it's and it's hard to get these custom chips and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just saw an article this week i'm sure you'll cover in the news about the 6860s mm-hmm. uh being super rare i mean that's just another aspect of it so you know it's something to think about and we're gonna need all the help we can get when this stuff starts going south yeah yeah Let's shift over to our YouTube channel here. Oh, and thank you again, Duncan, for that that write-up. Uh, we yeah, really good, appreciate uh, it. That was good stuff there, dude. So, uh, a light week boat, I would say. Um, I mentioned this uh, earlier. If uh, After the show last week, I did a... Uh, it was a miracle, because I, I said on the show there was no way I could do it, but I managed to do a, a stream of the Unamiga, which Ooh. I spoke about last week, the Unamiga, which is the Amiga uh, A500 header that... Uh, uh, with an FPGA on it, I streamed for about an hour boat uh, with good results. Uh, we, uh, I was pleased. Is that uh, a tiny launcher you've got on there? Is that what that, that is? is? Ti- Let me tell you Ooh. something. I'm glad you mentioned that boat, uh, actually, because 
Uh, I'd heard of the Tiny Launcher, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and But I never fooled with it. I never gave a crap. Let me tell you something. Tiny Launcher for the win, Boat. Mm. Uh, this thing is looks like... You know just like I, our, look, looks like all of our favorite launchers. Simple, brain dead, and to the point. You got that right. You got that. And here's the best part. If you hold up on your joystick for a couple seconds, at the top of the screen, you'll have zero through Z. Mm-hmm. You just skip to the letter you want. Bam. It's a quick... It's fast. I love it. He's also added stuff to where it'll show like game art and stuff, which is great. And you can play MP3 in the background or whatever, or a, I mean a mod file. That's all well and good. I just want to get my hiney to the game. Oh yeah. You know. So, but we did. I did some demonstrations on stuff that uh, you know I could alter with the chips, uh, with the changing the chipset and stuff. This is actually one of the things here. If you're watching at home, it's the blood money. The music screwed up. If you play this in AGA, if you turn it back to the uh, ECS, it works perfectly. Funny how so AGA like screws that. everything up. <clears throat> oh, I knew it. Here we go. Anyway, so that was a good time, and I actually did another uh, stream, which I haven't uploaded to YouTube uh, on Twitch. Uh, if uh, if you, that you're into it, I did one yesterday uh, for a while. So if you're into wanting to see some Unamiga games, just me see me playing some Amiga games. Uh, there, there you go. Uh, and we'll uh, be back tonight doing another live stream tonight. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but we'll find out. Um, let's focus. Let's have a look at uh, ARG from that we. Uh, did live Sunday morning. Uh, this week, uh, we did the Enterprise 64-128 computer, which, both I mean, I think me and you have both heard of this thing, but I never have toyed around with one. Have you? No, never in yeah. my life. Uh, we did a, a couple of real winners this week, Boat. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> my string of picking games based on the cool name and them being good, that's over now. Uh, because I picked Devil's Lair. Oh. At first, if you're watching at home, I was looking at this guy. I was like, man, I've played this game before. This is a fun game. But that's not the game you picked. No, no. Mm-hmm. I will see, that was a fun game. No, I didn't pick that. It's for suckers. I picked <laughs> Devil's Lair. And Brent picked Jack's House of Cards. Oh, it's Loracell. Has any yeah. has Loracell ever made anything good? Yeah, Loracell. Hey, listen. They're they that some, French outfit. Man, they did everything some, they did is some just... good stuff. On the Thompson, they, did, they, did, they do some stuff. They did. Uh, they did uh, pans of kickboxing, for example. Mm, yeah. So there you go. Boy, yeah. that'll, that'll hush you. Anyway, uh, so uh, these games are both sort of like platformers. Let's say in the style of uh, Manic Miner, mm-hmm. aka. They I will say that this, this game looks pretty good. You yeah, know? that's what I thought too. And then I, <laughs> this is one of those games that like hates you and, <laughs> and is going to kill you a lot, and it does. And it does. And Brent's game hates you too. By mm. the way, it's very similar. It's like a basic version. So if you're into the Enterprise, hey, the Enterprise was an interesting system from the UK. It goes to show you, you know, the Enterprise is the computer equivalent of like the Atari 7800. Okay. Right? And and what I mean by that is I don't mean like they're graphically equivalent. I mean, what happens if you take hardware that looks like it's going to be pretty cool and then shelve it for three years mm. and then release it and then see what happens? Yeah. Guess what? Not good. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. not a good move. Um. But just because we are out of control uh, last week, we sat down, I think it was uh, just a few days ago. Uh, it was a Sunday we did it. I think Saturday. Anyway, we did, we did an Ask the Amigos. Uh, this was a uh, one hour and, and 36 minutes of, of uh, straight talk. Uh, no no BS. Uh, we, we answered the tough questions, but there were no softballs in there. Uh, so if you want to hear me and Boat uh, cover a wide array of topics... 
Uh, Ask the Amigos is up on YouTube right now. Did I enjoyed that, but I always yeah. enjoy those. Yeah, I love Ask the Amigos. Ask the Amigos. It's always a fun time. People always ask us interesting questions, which is that's right. or yeah. or just questions that try to uh, irritate me. And they, <laughs> both of which they had it worse. Uh, both you have been uh, playing some NES here recently. Yeah, yeah. Let's so, talk about, why don't you tell us about what you've uploaded to YouTube this week. So this was the, the second NES stream that I did. Of course, this is all because I got the new EverDrive cart, and I'm also in the process of boxing up my uh, NES black box collection in some protective plastic boxes. And so I've taken all the games off the shelf. I'm in the process of rebuying the carts because I sold the carts. I kept the boxes and the instruction manuals. Uh, and so uh, I figured I'd play some NES games, box some games, and uh, and just have a good time. So we played uh, Donkey Kong 3, uh, Mega Man 2, uh, Tecmo World Cup, which is the most interesting game of the bunch that we played. This is like a soccer role-playing game where you have very little direct control over your guy. And yeah. it's, it's it's like text commands for pass and shoot and things like that. That so. is bizarre. That's one of the, that was one of the launch titles? No, no, no. This is oh, not one of the launch okay. titles. This was later on. This, I actually thought this was a different game. Um, and so we started playing. I was like, oh, this is not what I expected, but we kept playing it. It's very interesting. Um, so uh, check that out. Of course, you can't play NES without playing some Kung Fu. I personally, I got farther in Kung Fu than I'd ever gotten in my life before. I got all the way to the next to last board. I've um, never seen those little guys before. So, uh, yeah, they, I, I had a lot of fun playing Kung Fu, and uh, we played Slalom, and we ch we closed things out with a game, a, a chat uh, request, Journey to Silius, which I believe was originally supposed to be a Terminator-licensed game, uh, and they lost the license, so it, it looks like Terminator, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, one of those, eh? Yeah. Uh, a lot of good NES. But I should mention we don't plug, probably don't plug it enough that uh, uh, we also have a Twitch channel mm -hmm. and we do. Uh, all, we've you know uh, you'll recall YouTube put us in idiot prison a while back and so we we don't restream really here anymore. We do all our streaming on Twitch. So if you want to catch some stuff, some extra content that you're not going to see on YouTube uh, or you're going to hear on MP3, head over to uh, Twitch. Uh, if you look up Amigos Retro Gaming, we're over there, and we stream uh, probably, especially now, we're streaming a couple times a week, maybe more. Well, you say, uh, definitely once a week, because we're streaming on there right now. Well, I mean, obviously, but I mean, other aside from right now. Yeah, yeah, all of our streaming is on, is, is on, and I would say at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week, sometimes four times a week. Yeah, um, it's crazy time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Aaron, you know what it's time for. Prepare yourself. What right. a monster. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, the kickoff for this week's Amiga News, Aaron. Uh, we're going to start with uh, part three of Retro Man Cave's look at the Amiga 4000. Uh, this, this look comes, it's, it's a two-in-one. It's a double your pleasure because uh, Retro Man Cave also talks to the lusciously haired Dave oh, Haney. How, would you, how much would you love to have those flowing locks? I want the mustache too. Everything. The whole package. The whole. I package. like Haney. He like said he part of for some reason he reminds me of just people I knew or that he's my kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Just one of these grizzled weird old nerd guys that who's also fun to hang out or have a beer with you. Look at this guy. He's not. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but give I, me I, more I listen, people wearing Commodore suspenders. That's I what I want. I listened to that interview and I watched this and it was uh, quite interesting. I, I enjoyed it. So after the interview. Um, 
uh, Neil goes on to fully repair and refurbish the uh, Amiga 4000, replacing and repairing all of the pertinent parts. So make sure to check that out. Um, next up, Aaron, uh, there is a new uh, compilation. We used to talk about these things all the time. Seems like every week when we started they the show. Came out. Yeah, they've slowed down. They've slowed down. Yeah. Um, this is a new uh, uh, compilation put out for the CD32 by, of course, Amiga J. Amiga J is the world's largest spokesman and uh, sort of brand ambassador for the CD32. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in his world, the PlayStation and everything that came after was garbage. Gaming hit its peak and never returned after the release of the CD32. This is probably the one that is the most, uh, you know, he's done tons of great ones. Uh, ones that I remember from the past, he's done several uh, Amiga CD32 and beer compilations, which yeah. are like two player simultaneous games, which are pretty cool. Um, this one is only AGA games, which, I actually think that this is a neat idea because a lot of times uh, you wanna see what the differences were in AGA and ECSOCS yeah. games. Uh, looks like you've got AGA, uh, there's a, a menu here at the top, you've got AGA enhanced games, but then you can just look and see what were only, you know, AGA exclusive releases. So uh, pretty, pretty neat. And I love, I love this cover art too. The Miami Vice yeah. uh, theme. Yeah. But I, it seems like you would run screaming from this CD, but considering you're a well-known documented hatred. Of the well, you know, I just fire up each game and I just bury it, just constantly <laughs> bury it. That should be your stream next. <laughs> you should get that CD and just bury everything on it. I'd love to see that. Coming up next, Aaron, there is a editor for Sensible Golf available. This thing is uh, currently under construction. I can tell this guy was using FSUAE. You can see that yeah. over there on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and uh, he is actually creating an editor where you can program your own courses for Sensible Golf. I think this is cool. Uh, they, they, may, they may make that thing not so crummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I'm, there's not much information about this. I looked for more, and all, all I could really find was this video. But I'm sure yeah. that as this, uh, as this comes more and more of a thing, uh, Neil over at Indie Retro News will, will be uh, plugging it, and we'll, we'll get some more info. But as it stands right now, looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. You know, uh, as I recall, Ravi sent us a copy. I think it's on my shelf here of, of Sensible Golf. Mm. Uh, not a not a well received game uh, no. in its day. No. Uh, but hey, maybe maybe this fella can uh, turn that around because the idea of making your own courses at least you got something there. I right. like that. Absolutely. Good for that guy. Yeah. Up next, Aaron. Speaking of Ravi. Uh, do you remember, do you recall that Ravi and his buddies are in the process of making an Amiga laptop? Oh, yes, I remember. Uh, now, I think that these are two uh, laptop builds that are going on <laughs> simultaneously. Uh, yeah. I think that they're both sort of doing different things. This is an Amiga 600 laptop installing the lithium-ion battery management system. Boy, now, does I, that not sound fun. Now, didn't... <laughs> Listen... When I, when I have a slow day, nothing makes me happier than installing a battery system and something. I, I, I do. As I recall, Rabbi did have the wooden uh, box. The, mm -hmm. the, I mean, right. so the, they must be working in conjunction on this. <laughs> I've got to say, uh, uh, that's your luggable right there. On the flip side, they've, I mean. It's got David Pleasance's autograph on it. you got to have it. <laughs> you got to have that. But uh, uh, I like that they're, listen. Uh, uh, I used to have a computer that was in a wooden box that Brent made. He was so proud of this thing. I don't Is, know if you did, remember did the you, old Did you Woody. put it beside the wooden control panel that the Chud had? It, it, no, well, no, was Brent it cut from the wooden, same tree? 
So get this. I wish I had pictures of this. Brent made a, a wooden box for a computer, a PC, mm-hmm. and a control panel that latched onto the top of the box. It was all made with the exact same kind of wood that that's made of. Mm-hmm. And I used this thing for years, and I always wondered if it was going to blow up or burn. It never did. Uh, so it, there is precedent to this, I guess is what I'm saying, local precedent to put your crap in a wooden box. <laughs> I mean, heck, I've had a power supply in a cardboard box sitting here for years, so <laughs> it can be done. So I like this. I, they're, hey, they're solving the problems now. They'll prettify it later. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the right. That's what you're doing. That's right. I agree with you. Coming up next, Aaron, uh, there is a CD32 Amiga 1200 adapter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know all about this. The same guy that sells the and, and designed the Unamiga. This adapter will allow you to plug any accelerator for the A1200 into the CD32. Now, why yes. would you want that? Wait, me? Oh, are, are you getting to something, or why are you asking me? I'm asking you. Uh, I would. I don't think I would do that. But if you could do it, why not? I, mean, I just, I, I just wonder. You know, are there games for the CD32 that benefit from acceleration? I. Well, okay. We got to take a step back to answer that question. Okay. The CD32 is an Amiga 1200. Yes. Okay. We've established that. Uh, with the little, uh, what's that thing called? That that the adapter thing you can get. I don't know. If, I can't remember the name of it. You plug it in, and you've got you've got joystick port. It's called, it's called the key raw. No, not the key raw. You goof. I'm talking about the little the CD32 thing. You plug in the back. It gives you the. It lets you plug in a joystick the, and and you know, no, keyboard. or no, I have a keyboard and um, right, right, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like some other crap. Okay, so at that and it's cheap. That thing's cheap. At that point, you got to see you got an Amiga 32 with a CD-ROM, right? Then, uh, why not accelerate that sucker? You know what I mean? Okay, so, so I guess. I, I can see what you're saying now. Care, once yeah. you once you've converted it totally into an A1200, then you can benefit from the acceleration. I'm just thinking about if you're That's playing right. CD32 games off the CD, are there games that would benefit from acceleration? I don't know. Maybe you yes. Know, maybe no. I, I could be wrong here, Boat. Uh, but I, I was on Facebook this week, and someone's been posting uh, videos of their CD32 playing these incredible videos mm. and and showing it. So. I'm guessing some sucker, I, I don't want to say it was Ravi that was doing it, but I think it was, speaking of Ravi. Uh, I think he's got a jacked up to the gills CD32 out there already. So someone can in chat that may have seen these things can it can uh, give me the thumbs up or down that. So it's uh, someone's got this sucker and it's working. Uh, you know, Edu is a, uh, uh, who sells these and the Amigas and a bunch of other crazy stuff. He he reminds me a little bit of Brittany Paris. He's sort of this mad genius mm-hmm. uh, that that <laughs> lives and does this crazy. He's got all kinds of crazy gizmos if you look through his page mm. uh, over there. Uh, and this is just and this is not the first wacky adapter he's put out either. He's got tons of these wacky adapters. This thing's already out of stock, by the way. So if you're thinking about picking one up, you're boned. Yeah. And I, who knows when he's going to run make another run? But these look pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, can you tell what these are going for? Is that say forty eight euros? Forty eight euros. That's right. So that's not, not about too 50, pricey. Fifty five bucks. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sixty bucks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. Hey, if you want one, I'd be. I mean, listen. If my CD32 wasn't jacked up, I'd probably get some of this crap. But mm-hmm. you know, it's probably for the best. To be honest with you, Aaron. There is a new game out for the Amiga 500. This game is called Blitzways. Okay. Now oh, this okay. game, I guess it's development, and this comes to us from Indie Retro News. Uh, this uh, 
this game has its roots back in 1992. I think this is this is one of these games that was started by a guy back in the day. Life happened and got in the way, and now he's finally coming back around to finish it up. This is a really this game is the kind of game that I like. This is a it's it's sort of like a mahjong type game, and not mahjong like the complicated card game played or like tile game played by old ladies on cruises. This uh-huh. is the mahjong that you play on the computer where all you're doing is matching tiles. Um, and I love it. I love it. I love a big stack of tiles. I love matching the color or matching the tiles that have the same you know uh, thing on them and, and doing the thing. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to be doing an Amiga stream later on this week on the 600, and I'm going to uh-huh. pop this ADF on here and give it a go. Oh, yeah? These are not my bag. You don't Big like these kind of, of tiles. games? No, not mm, interested. I understand. I understand. All right. Uh, and finally, Aaron, we cannot let uh, an Amiga news go by without talking about Amigathon 2020. Amigathon 2020 is coming dangerously close to one another. Bartender looks up from his one ads. And this is the biggest Amiga charity marathon put on in Hurricane West Virginia every year. Yeah, man. Um, Amigathon 2020, we are going to be starting at noon UTC. It's funny, I thought UTC was the same as like English time, British time, GMT, but it's not because they do daylight savings time too. So they're on something called BST. BS is right, right? Oh, see what you did there. <laughs> what time is that for America? That's America time is 8 a.m. We're going to start at 8 a.m. And we're going to do a couple hours, just you and me kicking back, playing some of our favorite games. Then Retro Man Cave is going to come on the scene, do a couple hours of streaming his favorite games, maybe talking about some some different stuff that he's doing in the Amiga world. Then it's going to be time for our D-Paint and Mod competition. We've already got some entries in for that. Six to eight, Aaron, Amiga Bills storming onto the screen, fresh off the set of Hamilton, where he was a camera operator. He's, he's wow. just coming right off the stage, going to sit slumming, right down. big time. He might even be streaming from the Hamilton stage. You never oh know. <laughs> then we're going to do a couple hours of Amiga Live with everybody that wants to play with us. We're gonna do, I'm sure we're going to play some Worms, do some other fun stuff. Uh, and from 10 to 11, Aaron, the Amiga Trivia Challenge. Uh, Just like Ireland, boat. That's you, right. You, you're gonna you're gonna be emceeing this thing there. I am gonna be emceeing this thing. I'll get in the background and show video with, that is missing a color. I'll just keep showing that over and over. All right. And uh, from midnight, uh, 11 to midnight, we'll have the grand finale, the contents of which is still a secret. Yeah. So oh, Even I don't know. <laughs> so Looks good. What a lineup, Boat. Here's the deal. We need more entries for the D-Paint competition and the mod competition. Listen, you do not have to be an artiste to enter these things. Just yeah, put something together. Drew, you know. Send me an email, john at amigospodcast.com with a PNG of your uh, of your of your art. Or if you want to make a mod, record your mod on YouTube, like capture it, you know, capture the tracker, send me that link, and uh, we will have voting live on Amigathon. Through the power of Twitch, we can have live voting. And uh, the, the trivia competition will work the same way. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we hope you guys will uh, will come out and, and take part. Of course, this is all for charity. It's all for Ch- uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. If you would like to donate uh, either beforehand or on the date of the event, you can go to Amigathon.com. Uh, so far, we've already raised over $400. So thank you to all of you who have donated so far. And we hope to break a new record uh, this year on Amigathon. Yes, thanks everybody for uh, for uh, pitching in. 
and uh, we would love it if you could turn up. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, but before we end the news, there's one other item I want to touch on here that I okay, man. have listed. Uh, Ten Mark, our good buddy Doug, over at the Ten Minute uh, Amiga Retro Cast, mm-hmm. uh, did a full rundown and review on the Unamiga. Uh, oh, I can't believe I missed that. that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I normally fact, try and uh, and and I normally see those pop up, but I didn't see this one. I uh, it was uh, it was a video where he installed the Unamiga in a checkmate case mm. of all things. The, the the cheapest FPGA and the most expensive hunk of plastic. I will say that that wasn't lost on me, <laughs> folks. You know, uh, but uh, and I actually uh, talked to Doug uh, quite a bit when he was in the process or was completing this video, and I get a few mentions in here, so I've got to plug myself. Uh, but uh, 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 Doug goes in and has, it's funny, you know, remember when I uh, had mentioned on our Discord that I had had trouble installing this in my Amiga 500 because I had no screw holes. Mm-hmm. He had the exact same problem when he look at the, Look at these games, look at these games that are behind him. You know, Doug... He, I'm sure he has thousands of Amiga games. What are the two games that he decides to put on his shelf back here? Black Dawn Rebirth. Yeah. And the new Zorro game. Oh, yeah, that's, remember, he, and I think it's that Battle Zone for the Atari no, right there. No, that's a Big Big 20 Battle Zone. Oh, okay, my yeah. bad. But yeah, we, interesting yeah. choice of games to display. It's sort of like if I if I put up a picture of, like, the the... I, I don't know. Those are not great games. That Aaron. one in the middle has an awesome cover. It's got an yeah. awesome cover, but do you remember how much fun it wasn't? I don't. I yeah. Don't, so it must not have been that much fun, but the cover is yeah. awesome. But anyways, uh, so Doug uh, goes through. Uh, he gives a nice rundown. I was actually, I'm in the process of putting a little thing together myself, but Doug sort of, took he took care of a lot of the points I was going to make uh, on this, on this, uh, on the Unamiga. Uh, it, it is interesting to see him install this. And never, like you said, it never occurred to me to have put this in a checkmate case because if you've got the dough to buy a checkmate, you know, for God's sakes, get some. Yeah. <laughs> go out and buy yourself a video fill up toaster. That, fill up that real estate. Yeah, man. Yeah. But and it's funny to see this thing in there. It's like it's like dropping a, a, a dropping a pebble in a, in, a, in, an o, in the ocean. Look at that. It's so small. I tweaked some of the settings, but the corruption on Zool AGA remained. Yeah, your problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's that is one of the games that it's funny. I talked to him about that extensively. I got one of his other games to work, the Flector. He couldn't get to work, but I got it working. Uh, a lot, you know. I, like I told Doug, you've got to remember when you fool with this thing that it's an it's an it's still an Amiga. And the Amiga has different chip sets. It has different kickstarts. It's got different memory th- issues. You know, you know how it is, Boat. So mm-hmm. it just makes it easier to swap between them. But it's still an Amiga. Uh, but uh, uh, he does a good job covering all this stuff. Uh, he, he talks about the fact that his came with the wrong resistors. Uh, you know, that sort of that thing. That was the so, same thing that happened to you too, right? Well, allegedly that's a problem. I'm not convinced that that... I mean, I don't know what's going on with the resistors. I'll be honest with you. I changed mine out. That's not what the problem was with mine, as we talked about. But anyway, Doug does a good job. He plays some games. And one thing Doug does that I would never, ever do, uh, Boat, he looks at a bunch of production soft, product, productivity mm-hmm. software and crap like that. So so if you're into that... that Man, he, he, nothing says excitement like that screenshot right there. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, it, that that's how you set your... He's talking about how you set your different uh, uh, types of... Uh, you could configurations right there. Uh, but... Uh, uh, some of the stuff he mentions in here, he goes back in a pit and and has a little entry that says that we figured out what was going on. So uh, he, it's pretty informative if you're interested in the Unamiga. 
or just interested in FPGA Amigas, I thought you did a real good job. So I would I would highly recommend having a look at that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like you know I. I'm with you on the on the on the Unamiga. Um, actually, I'm not really with you. If I went the if I went that route, I think I'd probably spend. You say the Unamiga is about 200 bucks, right? No, it was 125 bucks. 125 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I am with you then. Also, I never see where he's at now. Mm-hmm. I never go there. <laughs> like I told you, <laughs> I never leave. Ti- Hold me closer, Tiny Launcher. <laughs> I never leave Tiny Launcher. I, I just wonder, you know. A hundred and twenty-five bucks. Of course, I wonder if they're still going to sell for that much longer, or they're going to do the vampire trick where they start out ultra cheap and then get ultra expensive. Doug uh, mentions that they that the that the first batch of these, which actually was the second batch, because our good buddy Rushi got involved in the first batch. So this is the second batch. I've been told, and Doug mentioned this, that the next batch of these and the price going forward will be one hundred and fifty dollars, right. which is still not, not that well, bad. Well, I mean, you're starting to inch a little bit closer to Mister Territory. And the Mister does everything this does, but it does everything else. You know, the only well, thing that it doesn't do is fit neatly into an Amiga 500 case. If you've got an Amiga case hanging yeah. around just like you did, no yeah. brainer. But for yeah. somebody like me that doesn't have that, um, you know, I would probably lean more towards getting a Mister set up, and then you just you've got the ability to do everything right out of the box. I will say, uh, I do sent back people that bought this a video that we just only we saw. And it was uh, the Unamiga running uh, the uh, a uh, core for the ZX Next. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's releasing a very inexpensive RAM expansion that should allow these to do C64, Atari, ZX Spectrum, a bunch of other stuff. Cool, cool. Uh, I can't wait now, to. Now, are are you interested in that or not? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it. Uh, here's the thing. I mean, listen, the Mister's awesome. I mean, I have no doubt. Right, but here's the thing. Like you said, I had I had a special. If you don't have an Amiga that you could gut sitting around, you know, I probably wouldn't. I mean, it's still a pretty good deal. I mean, you can't get an Amiga twelve hundred for one hundred and fifty dollars. No, right? not at all. Uh, and now I have not played with a Mister, so I don't know about how I don't know about the wackiness involved in it. But mm-hmm. and I, and Doug mentions this, and I talked about it too. You're buying anytime you buy one of these boutique, uh, super rare cards. That some dude somewhere soldered down, like just like this, or the Coco uh, USB to keys, or anything else. Any of these, or you know, uh, you, this is some guy making them, you know, mm-hmm. or the weird power supply converter we got from Poland, right? Right. Your mileage is going to vary, and the more complex they are, the more likely there is that there could be a problem. And then will you get support? Will this guy stand behind his product? Now Edu does. I will give the guy credit. Uh, and I was able to fix the problem, and I've apparently been the only one that had the problem, mm-hmm. all right, uh, which is lucky. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, you've got to be prepared to get screwed. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. And if you're not prepared to get screwed, don't buy it. Or if you don't think you have the technical jack to try to figure it out yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, in, uh, I don't know how much a Mr. costs. I don't, and I know you have to get extra stuff for the Mr. Just like Bram. And I've heard all this stuff. I've watched the videos mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, the the House Amiga has never been more useful ever since we got this thing. Right. And so, right. as far as I'm concerned, just the ability to have this thing do something aside from sit on my shelf, it's gold. I so agree it's with worth you. 125 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up. And once again, Doug, I apologize for skipping your video. It just must have got by me this week. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, for pointing that out. 
Let's move on now, Aaron, to this week's game of the week. We're going to talk about Bond, James Bond, licensed to kill. Licensed to kill, Boat. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Boatster. You've told me once that you would never watch any James Bond films. Is this correct? The last time that we talked, that was true. However, it has changed. I when I was at my uh, my visiting my my dad's side of the family in Louisville last time, yeah. we fired up uh, Goldfinger and 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 I watched Goldfinger. Good. What'd you think of Goldfinger, Boat? Well, James Bond rapes a girl in a barn. Oh, you mean pussy galore? Um, maybe. Yeah, I, that was pussy. Okay. James Bond, um, that is sort of a controversial element. Yes. Uh, that, that, well, I mean, listen, uh, what can I say to this? It is, it, that's a movie that's well regarded, and I love that movie, but that does happen. So there you go. Probably shouldn't have done that, Mr. Bond, in <laughs> retrospect. I, I will say that, that I, I definitely enjoyed all of the Fort Knox scenes because they <laughs> were so ridiculous. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Fort Knox, basically the, the gates of Fort Knox were open and everybody just drives on in. You well, know? they did gas everyone at Fort Knox, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> uh, you know, but... Uh, uh, I, I, I'll pres- tell you this. You know, here's the way that I think about Bond. Yeah. There are things that I like about Bond. Like, I like all of the goofiness... That is like I've seen scenes of James Bond riding down the a snow-covered mountainside on the back of a cello. Yeah, I'm all for yeah. that. I love that. Um, I you like, would like all the Roger Moore Bond. That's yeah, the one all, all the like. gadget stuff. Was that a yeah. Roger Moore Bond stuff? So all Roger Moore. See, people, it, Bond, and we'll get into it because before we get into the game of this, I want to talk a little about the film and about Bond in general. Bond is funny, uh, and I'm guessing you probably never read the books either. No. Uh, uh, Fleming wrote Bond. Uh, he he's not nearly as uh, he he's a pretty serious character. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and um, if you watch the old Sean Connery films, he's a pretty serious character. And you mentioned what happens in that barn. He's got a license to kill, but he's got licenses to do all sorts of nefarious. I guess stuff, so, yeah. You know? And so he and and you've got to remember. And now again, that happened, uh, but. It prop he you know you could say there was a he was trying to gain information and you know spies have done bad stuff throughout his I don't know I'm not trying to justify it I'm just saying that's the, that was the mindset of stuff he would do anything it took to complete the mission mm-hmm. um, so you've got sort of hard nosed Bond from back in the day then you if you get in the Lazybees film where Bond gets married that that really was an anomaly of a film. Uh, because it's he was only in the one, uh, he uh, and it's not real popular. So kind of that kind of gets left out. I mean, it's a part of the canon, but it's not a you know the fact that Bond got married and it was a huge mistake. Yeah, that's no good. Um, I will say that had the most action-packed Blofeld of all time. It was Telly Savalas. He was skiing. He was jumping. <laughs> he was whooping all kinds of honey. You know. Uh, then you enter the Roger Moore era. Now, uh, uh, Roger Moore is probably the least popular Bond, but I love Roger Moore. It's my favorite one because I like wacky Bond. I like yeah, and, and, Bond. And I want to. I like, like that stuff. I think know? like I'm not a big like I know that you love like all the Leslie Nielsen stuff, but I to did. me like all the Naked Gun movies, which I saw them all, or not the Naked Gun. I'm sorry, the yeah, the Naked Gun. Like to me, those are not they're not funny because when everything's funny, nothing's funny. 
you know? And when you have something like Bond where it's like a serious character, but he is kind of goofy, but it's not played for comedy like all the way through, to me that's much more effective. And so well, I love I love Leslie Nielsen and I love the naked guns and because I think he's the only funny guy in them, and so that's okay. Mm. Everyone else is serious, he's just an idiot. Mm. Um, but uh, Roger Moore was uh, is pr- probably my favorite Bond because he's it just his movies are fun. Is he in the best films? No, he's in my favorite Bond film. But he's he you know it, his quality of his movies is up and down. Um, then you've got uh, our the guy we're going to talk about today, uh, Timothy Dalton. Uh, Timothy Dalton's Bond was sort of a throwback to uh, a Sean Connery. Oh. He was the most pissed off angry looking bond you ever saw and i should mention roger moore didn't like guns and so he tried he told the producers so he's like i'd like to do as little gun play and crap with guns and murder as i can so that doesn't mean he's not and trust me he still does some bad stuff but Mm -hmm. i mean he didn't he tried to tone it down timothy dalton you know machine gun killing he was just it was just he was a bad dude he always looked mad and when we talk about License to Kill, he was particularly mad in this one. I'll let y'all get back to it. Then now, had, is this is, is Timothy Dalton, he's the one that is not very well-liked among the Bond aficionados, right? Was he the one in Live and Let Die? No. Oh. That, was, that was Roger Moore. Okay. Uh, he, uh, Timothy Dalton only did two films. Which were the Living Daylights and this movie? Okay, but he uh, is. Uh, but the Bond fans in general don't look upon these two films as being of the best, right? They're sort of. I would say probably both these movies lie somewhere in the middle. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, because he always in, he was only in two. It's funny how and I'll, I'll get into this more. I'll get into this more when we get to his actual film. This is sort of, but I will say, yeah, you're probably right. So then you had the guy that replaced him was Pierce Brosnan. Who was uh, Remington Steele back when I was a kid? He's, I, we used to like that show. We knew we knew this guy to be a great Bond. He was, and the thing is, he was in a great movie. Gold Gold uh, Goldeneye was a great film. And there and was a everything. there was a pretty big break in between the Dalton movies and the Brosnan movies, there right? Was and there, and the reason for that is there was a big lawsuit. Mm. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll talk about it now. Between the, this movie, which was Licensed to Kill, and the next one, which was Goldeneye. Uh, the, uh, the studio got into it with the production company into a big lawsuit, and so there was a long layoff. I think it's like four years. And when they came back, they were like, "Okay, Dalton, let's get you ready for Goldeneye." He's like, "Yeah, I'm done with Bond. Screw that. I'm not doing it." And so he didn't do it. And so they were like, "Uh oh, we got to get somebody else." And they ended up getting Pierce Brosnan. Now Pierce Brosnan was being groomed for the position, so it, it wasn't like they like panicked, uh, but uh, they got him. And then, uh, and so Pierce Brosnan did his thing. And then the the latest Bond, Daniel Craig, is another like real hardcore uh, throwback guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you've noticed that because a Brosnan hat was sort of like a little bit of Roger Moore combined with a little bit of Sean Connery. He was sort of wacky but sort of serious. But now Daniel Craig, he's another hardcore right uh, dude, just a, a, kind of a hardcore bad dude to mess with. You know, mm-hmm. and so unlike a Doctor Who, where you've got real radical differences. There's been a lot of really tough, super studly Bonds. Then you've got some kind of nuttier James Bonds and some that go to me. So, you know, but there's not a whole lot of, uh, there's not a ton of differences. I'd say Roger Moore is the biggest outlier. Uh, so when this movie came out, again, this was the second movie that Dalton did. I did not like, uh, um, I didn't like uh, his first outing that much. But I was looking forward to this movie, and I do. I have to, I really do like this movie because it's it's very similar to the way 
Bong was written in the books. He was a real hardcore bad dude. And so Dalton comes out. So the premise of License to Kill, which this game's based on, <laughs> uh, uh, Bond helps the DEA take down this drug lord. Okay? It's just a, pulled from the headlines, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in the 80s. And so the drug lord gets revenge, escapes and gets revenge. And how does he get revenge? Well, Bond has this buddy in the FBI named Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter has been a white guy, a black guy, a crippled guy. He's been like 20 different types of guys. Hmm. It's, but in this case, he, he was a uh, he was a guy who was getting married, and the drug lords kidnapped him and his wife, basically did real bad things to his wife and killed her, and then fed him to a shark. Oh, my gosh. He got, he got, Felix got partially eaten, okay? Really? How does one get partially eaten? They got there when the shark had already started. That's how, mm. you know. So basically, he was the guy. That, it was like a, it was going. He went fishing except he used himself as the bait. Ooh. So uh, Bond gets pissed off, and uh, the British Secret Service doesn't want to get involved in this crap. This is an American issue, right? Bond's like the heck with you, and just goes rogue. He turns in his license to kill and just goes out in his own. So the whole movie is he's rogue, and so. Uh, uh, M has to send someone to go get him. They're mm. like, listen, we can't have Bond out going crazy. In the meantime, Bond has infiltrated this drug uh, business, and he's trying to... He, his ultimate goal is to kill the kingpin of the drug business and destroy his drug business for vengeance for what he did to his buddy. You know, it's a pretty gritty plot. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it. And it's it, there's no screwing around. And the funny thing is, uh, and this is, this is what makes this movie uh, different, uh, you know, Q, the guy that gives out the crazy weapons mm-hmm. in all the Bond movies, uh, mm-hmm. I think his name was Llewellyn, uh, he, uh, uh, Desmond Llewellyn, I think was his name. Um, he actually, in, I think this is the only movie where he goes out in the field and helps Bond. Really? He actually goes to, yeah, so, which is great. And he he loves it, too. I've, I've heard interviews with him, and it was great to see them out him out in the field, uh, and it was fun. Uh, but and also a, a great turn in this from uh, Wayne Newton is in oh, this. Oh man, he, <laughs> he plays he plays a TV preacher. The the drug business they figured out how to uh, they figured out how to mix I think it's heroin in gasoline, and they use gas trucks to to uh, transport the drug back and forth, and then they could somehow pull it out of the gasoline. Sounds safe. Yeah, uh, but uh, something like that. Anyway, it's it's a. I thought it was a good film, but it was not a, your typical Bond film. I guess that's what I'm saying. Now, some notes about this before we get into the game that I just found sort of interesting. This movie, uh, it made money. The budget was 32 million. It made 156 million dollars worldwide, which sounds pretty good. Uh, this was released in June of '89. The funny thing is, in, in America, this was the at the time this was the least successful Bond movie of all times, adjusted hmm. for inflation. Um, it did not get over, and I was always under the assumption that that's the reason that Dalton was gone. But uh, I've read that it's not what it was. Uh, so, I think America didn't like gritty Bond, especially if you've had all those years of. Uh, Roger Moore, mm-hmm. they weren't used to this Bond. This guy was well, barely maybe a Bond. It, maybe know? it has something to do with the fact, especially by 89, you know, America was awash in sort of action movies. You had Stallone, you had Schwarzenegger, and Bond could have been, you know, sort of like, here's something a little bit different, you know, and when you give people more of the same, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. Just you a could, guess. You, you very well could be right, Bode. And Bond movies are funny, uh, and people get tired of 
Bond sometimes when they release too many, and sometimes mm-hmm. people are in the mood for it. You know, it's it's a strange series. Yeah. So uh, Bond has been no stranger to to uh, video games over the years, and I believe it was me and you were talking, and you it was you that challenged me to name any other good, yeah, good Bond. Yeah, you sent, you sent me a text last night, and I challenged you to to uh, to mention any anything any good Bond game except I mean before Goldeneye, because obviously Goldeneye, and I mean some people hate Goldeneye. What I don't care. I don't I don't care to know your when opinion game, on Goldeneye. Yeah, people but, hate that game. I thought it was beloved. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's it's people that that grew up playing PC first person shooters and are like, oh man, the console people think the Goldeneye was the first one, but it's real. Whatever, I don't care. Before Goldeneye, are there any good Bond games? Well, I can't think. That's what I was appalled. I was insulted by what you said, and then I couldn't think of any. That's mm. what really insulted <laughs> me more. I was like, "Duh, boat, you scumbag!" It's it's, like, it's it's a property that seems like you should be able to make a good game of pretty easily. But they did some remakes of they did some games based on the films of Sean Connery. Like they were like oh like and they looked great and I tried to play them and I, they were they were okay mm-hmm. but I didn't get into them that much so I'm not gonna fight you to be honest with you. I mean think about the great spy games like if you talk about something like uh uh, uh well like Spy Hunter or yeah something. I mean, Spy it's not, Hunter it's not think about like it's Sly Spy. Sly yeah, Spy is a competent not, yeah. game. You know, they could have easily put a Bond license on that. And Heck, that would have been fine. They could have put a Bond license one. on that that Will Wright game that we like so much. Oh, yeah. Covert the, uh, Action or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But they for whatever reason. So this thing hones in the view. License to Kill, based on the movie, again, that was not the... Uh, not what I would call the most well-received film. It wasn't hated. It got pretty good critical acclaim, but it wasn't like a super well-received game or uh, movie. So released in '89, uh, this was again. This was published by Domark. Uh, Domark said some wacky stuff over the years now. And the developer of this was uh, Quixel. Q U I X E L. Hmm. The only other game they did on the Amiga was Cyberball, the old Atari robot football game. Oh. I tried to play that on the uh, uh, on the stream the other day. It didn't go too good. Hmm. Uh, I, I I played this before. I never was a huge fan. I like Cyberball, but I like the uh, the, the ports are not that good, and this mm. was not that good either. Uh, the artist on this was, uh, or the coder, I should say, was uh, Colin Boswell. Uh, he had, like I said, he did, none of these guys did a ton. He did F-16, NAM, uh, Trivial Pursuit. Uh, the graphics guy did the same ones, but he also did RBI 2. Did you know there was an RBI Baseball 2 for the Amiga boat? Uh, I did. I, I knew that there was, there was like an RBI Baseball 7, you know, on, on various systems, but I didn't realize uh, the Amiga got two RBI Baseballs. In fact, I didn't know the Amiga got one RBI they Baseball. They didn't get two. They, as far as I can tell, this is the only one. I don't really? think they got the first, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out because that, yeah. that that's a solid game. Now, Bo, who do you think did the music for this? The perennial guy. I think he was just on the show last week. Uh, is it uh, Brimble? Nope, nope. Is it, um? oh, geez. Give me a hint. Oh. It's David Whitaker. Ah, David Whitaker. Yes. Yeah. Who's done everything? Uh, uh, Alfred Chicken, mm-hmm. <laughs> Golden Axe, Lemmings Two, Menace, John, tons. Uh, the design of this game was from John Cavanaugh, who did Hard Driving Two, uh, Nam sixty five to seventy five, and Stun Runner, the Atari port of Stun Runner at the Amiga. Okay. Which I don't think I've tried that either. I have tried that, and it's not too bad. Is it? Uh, the uh, it runs on the OCS boat. So, uh, and this got ported to uh, all the machines you would you expect. I'm looking over this list. It's the usual suspect. There was a Timex port of this boat, which that's one thing that uh, I found interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And I, 
a PC port. So this game is it really struck me as strange when it first came up. <coughs> Excuse me. You you're, you're the game is split into different stages. And in the first stage, you are, it's like an aerial combat sort of a thing. Well, it's not, but it looks like it is. I mean, when this came up, what were your first thoughts? I mean, having because I'm guessing you're like me. You'd never played this and had no idea what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be <laughs> sort, sort of like a uh, vertical shooter, you know, something like Alcon or something like that. <laughs> and it's, it becomes very apparent from the beginning that that is not the case because you're in a helicopter, which means that you have helicopter controls, which means that as you press forward, just like in Shoplifter or whatever, in addition to going forward, you also lose altitude. You have it, even though you can't see it visually on the screen, there's a gauge that shows your altitude. And um, and that's important. Side, yeah. And it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah, it's uh, if you look at this first stage, uh, and I can, uh, thankfully, Boat, I found, because, I mean, it's hard to put this into context, so I, I found the, the uh, docs for this. And the first stage... Uh, this is the this takes place in the movie at the beginning of the movie where Bond and Felix Leiter are trying to bust the drug lord and so they're going they're trying to uh, tail the the jeep so that's what you're doing in this first scene you're actually tailing you're tailing a guy uh, through and some people are shooting at you and mm -hmm. so what you're what you're doing is basically trying not to get shot and 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 the radar shows the guy you're tailing and really the first level once I figured out what to do it's pretty simple you just don't do much of anything. I was under the impression this was like Chase HQ or something. We had to stop the Jeep or whatever, but you just kind of follow it to the second scene. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. There, it, the, the way that the, this stage ends is strange because it, it doesn't it doesn't really end. It's just like your helicopter like flies off screen, and then all of a sudden you're a dude now. Right. Yeah. So uh, I will say before we get to the second stage, I, 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 the, it looks graphically looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought, I thought but, the graphics were fine. Yeah, it looked pretty good, but it is a goofy stage. I, it was, a, and Alex, I got killed a million times after I understood what I was supposed to do. I was, I wasn't even sure. So, as you mentioned, the second stage, you're on foot. It's the same sort of overhead view, and you're using sort of sensible soccer style of little guys on the screen, and you're running around your bond, and you're just basically fighting your way up the screen. Now, this is not a, a, a Akari Warriors or something boat where you just go in like a madman. Mm -hmm. This is more strategic shooting, isn't it? Well. <laughs> I mean, in theory, it's supposed to, to be. Shot, yeah, you've got to line saying. up your shot. The problem is, is that you don't have full control over your reticle, so you can't aim in all directions. What you need is one of those Tron 128 way sticks to make this yes, thing happen. That's exactly what I was thinking. If you had like a heavy barrel mm -hmm. or like one of those, because Tron has a spinner, right? But what you need is one of those joysticks that has like the rotational thing, mm -hmm. like heavy barrel, mm -hmm. and then you that would be you. That's exactly what I was thinking. Good, good call there. Uh, this this level though, you just basically fight your way through the desert uh, up to these guys, and you and you shoot barrels that'll explode, so you can blow them up and kill guys that are in the vicinity of them. It's no great shakes. Uh, it, it's kind of hard, isn't it, Boat? Uh, I, I mean, it, I, I did. I, I could not get past this level. I got past it, <clears throat> uh, but it's slow. It's funny, like Boat said, when you're aiming, there's a sort of a, a target that shows up in front of your gun mm -hmm. that you sort of have to use to aim, and you're not going to get clear shots. And you can't. This is one level where you cannot run and gun. You do have to hide behind stuff. Yeah. You kind of pop out. It's it's a cover based thing, but the thing is, the cover gets in your way more often than not. Yeah. And um, it's it's just not well designed. I the 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 concept is neat. 
And I, I like the idea of it not being like a mindless Akari Warriors slash Commando type experience, but the yeah. execution falls flat. So this next part I couldn't get past. By the way, this stuff's pretty much all in the film. Because at the beginning of the movie, uh, Felix Leiter and Bond are trying to catch Sanchez, the drug villain. So in this, in the third stage, uh, you're being lowered out the bottom of a helicopter, <clears throat> and you're trying to attach a, basically like a grappling hook to a plane that's flying around. Uh, and so this stage, I could not figure this out, Boat. Now, the documentation here says uh, that you have, that uh, you, uh, well, it doesn't really give you anything. <laughs> it, there's a little gauge on the screen. I don't know what it does. There's a timer because you've got a certain amount of time. Uh, if you can get past this stage, uh, it's pretty cool. Well, but then, I, I, you know, I, I fired up this game with cheats because I couldn't get past oh, the second level. Wow, I didn't even know about the cheat. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And so what you do in this level is you basically just have to position your dude hanging off the back of the plane or hanging off the back of the helicopter onto the rear um, fin of the yeah. airplane. And then he will attach to it and let go of, uh, and, and then parachute down. It's yeah, a real this, weird thing. That happens in the film, by mm -hmm. the way. That's how they catch the drug Does he guy. have the, actually, uh, the Union Jack parachute, too? I don't remember that. Because that, mm. the Union Jack parachute was actually from, uh, uh, I think it was View to a Kill, where, mm. he, where he broke that out. Mm. That was a Roger Moore, the first time I remember him doing that. But he has done that in the movies. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought that was a cool touch. So, again, that's the attach a grappling hook to an airplane stage. Again, it looks good. The airplane, the helicopter look good. Uh, the overhead view of Bond looks pretty good, you know. So I thought that was cool. Now, the rest of the stuff I had to watch. I couldn't get there. So at least you got to play it. Right. Both. So I can, about I can it. talk about this next stage. The next stage is the old Frogman stage. Yep. And this this and uh, what you're trying to do is basically get close enough to a, um, a duck plane to where you can uh, you can fire another grappling hook onto that. Bond's all about grappling hooks and fastening himself to things. Yeah. And and then the plane will take off. Uh, there are what looks like little bags of cocaine on the yeah. river that you can pick up or on the ocean that you can pick up and get points. Yeah. Um, when you uh, like land on top of another frogman, you can take his missile and then fire a missile. But the offensive, again, it, it's just a weird sort of thing. Like you could tell that these people were deliberately not trying to make just like a run and gun game. They were trying to make things a little bit more sophisticated. So, yeah. but at the end of the day, you're just trying to uh, attach the grappling hook to the back of the plane. However, I was unable to do this. I didn't know like what I was supposed to be doing, and uh, so I could not get past the stage. So the next now, stage, which I believe is the final stage, I will not be able to talk about. Well, the, uh, uh, oh, the this stage, the Frogman stage, you call it, is the Bond interrupts a drug deal. That's mm -hmm. in the docks here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and you destroying those drugs gets you a bonus. And you could swim. If you swim underwater on this stage, you could avoid getting shot. Mm -hmm. But you have a limited amount of oxygen that mm -hmm. you can save, you know. So, again, that, that sort of happened in the movie. So then you've got uh, uh, the uh, the bit where you harpoon a seaplane and you and <laughs> in a high speed chase this shtick. I never got to play this, uh, uh, and you mentioned this uh, this this whole water stuff. It looked tough. I never got that far. Now <clears throat> the last stage in this is interesting. Again, this was the highlight of the film was this high speed chase with semi trucks. Mm. Actually, there were container, there were gas, there were tanker trucks full of gasoline. Duncan Styles it, informs me that at some point one of these tanker trucks does a wheelie, which I would love to does, see. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I will say this was a, one of the, a, a pretty in, intense scene. You know, a lot of the Bond scenes and car chasing stuff. There's a little levity in there, mm-hmm. played for last a little bit. Man, th- this scene's hardcore. I mean, there's suckers getting getting done proper. What's the name of the movie where the semi truck chases down people and kills them? Oh, that's called uh, the Duel. That's mm. a great flick. Steven Spielberg did that. I love that movie. Uh, and it's one everyone should go out their way to watch. I think they did a remake, but watch the original because it's great. Mm. Um, so anyway, in the last bit of this, you kind of careen into a semi, take it over, and you're just running suckers off the road and just killing <laughs> suckers. Now, and you just have to you have to go to the uh, you have to go until you reach the final tanker that's got the bad guy in it, and you run them off the road. Now in the movie, this this bit in the movie is great because of course this is Bond. Bond runs Sanchez off the road, and so Sanchez is laying there. He's covered in gasoline. He's all mauled, mm. right? And Bond walks up, and Felix had, because it's Felix Lighter at his wedding, he had given away, like, these engraved lighter to mm. Bond, and Bond used it to set this sucker on fire. Wow. Blew the whole tanker up, killed him. It was awesome. No mercy. And he had a good line. He had a good, I can't remember what his quip was. <laughs> and it wasn't, and this wasn't like a ha-ha quip. It was like a, you suck quip. And he mm. done him. Good and proper. So, but yeah, in the movie, you actually drive the semi trucks. I didn't get to play this level either, but it, this looked actually looked pretty fun. Yeah, I kind of wanted yeah. to play this. So, and again, one thing I could say about this game is all the levels look good, and this is one of the few games we've covered where the uh, uh, the gauges and stuff actually are helpful. There's a there, there's a radar on most of the levels. There's a gauge that gives you uh, like in this case it's a speed gauge, but there's also gauges with the helicopter that give you your altitude and stuff. So they're actually they're not just eating screen space. They're there for a reason. Um, so how do we, what do we think of this game? Well, it is, I mean, it, to me, a Bond game isn't what this is. This, I, I mean, they tied this in nicely to the film, I will say that. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, vehicle combat and stuff, it's just weird to me. And, and any movie, this is my Wait problem. Wait a minute, with, as the world's biggest fan of Carmageddon, you're saying the vehicle no, no, no. combat is with, foreign with, to you? With Bond. Oh. I mean, a full game of that is, is odd. And then there's... The stuff on foot. I don't like Bond. I like Bond doing spy crap. Like, it's one of my problems. I love Golden GoldenEye. It's a great flick. But he, there's too much... I don't like movies where Bond's actually like a commando. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, He's a yeah. spy. What yeah. are you doing? Full frontal assault with a machine gun or a tank? Right. You know, I don't like that. I, I hear you. I'm with you. And so... This move, this game is uh, just has a lot of scenes where you're, you know, it's it, he's doing Bondy stuff. I can't, I, you know, maybe I'm being too picky. I mean, as far as Bond games go, this ain't the worst I've played by any stretch. Uh, it, it controls okay, you know. I will say the title the screen and the music is not great, in my opinion. No, I, and I, I uh, the, the number one, the number one worst thing about this game is every time you die, you see those B-O-N-D letters slide down and slide over. Like, the first time you see that, it looks cool. The eight millionth time you've seen it, it looks ultra lame, and you hate it. Yeah, I, I guess they're trying to make a, uh, uh, make it movie-like or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I like the engine they used here. I'd like to have seen this engine used in something like a shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, like a uh, uh, you know, I mean, that looks good. They yeah. put a lot of work into graphics, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to dock it for being too hard. I mean, I just, I'm not very good at it. But I, mean, I got, I got halfway decent after I played it for a while. When I first played this, I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say uh, that I think it's okay. I mean, that's 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 about where I can go with it. What about you? I'm not going to say that this is okay. I'm going to call this below average. 
Oh, uh, okay. I think that the graphics are great. Yeah. You know, they're fine. Um, I think that the concepts behind each level are fantastic. I think that it's clear, like you said, this was not some game that was on the back burner that they're like, hey, we got this Bond license. Can we slap Bond in here? No. These yeah. people watched the movie and they, they wanted to make something that reflected that. Yeah. Um, this game falls short on execution. Um, the 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 level, the opening level, um, it's too it's too hard. It's just too hard. Um, the, think I the think opening level too hard. Yeah, I think it is. I think that you should not have to play as many times as you have to play it to be able to to pass it. I think this game suffers from. I don't want to say it's brevity. I mean, there's only four stages, okay? So once you got good at this game, you, I'm sure you could complete it with no, no problem. Um, but I feel like the mechanics in each level are just not good. Um, I would have rather, like you, I would have rather seen this on foot stage something more spy-like. I mean, yeah. look at the way that the AI works. This is your typical crappy computer game where all the guys are standing still and their bullets ma magically, you know, seek you out like heat-seeking missiles. That's uh, lame and dumb. What yeah. you, this what is would, probably the worst level, I'd say. What would we, be better is if you had these guys just sort of hanging out and Bond had to stealthily, you know, negotiate his way through yes. this this place. Yes. And if you trip, you know, if you trip, you know, one of the enemies, then they start firing at you. But just right. having them fire at you like you're playing freaking Alcon or whatever, like, that's no good. Um, yeah. The the third level where you are trying to grab on to the plane, it's just it all is based on luck. Um, you've got these clouds that are coming, and you can't grab onto the plane if the cloud separates you from the plane. Um, again, it's a neat idea. Mean, it's a neat idea, but they just weren't sure how to do it right. And yeah. again, I'm not saying that I know the right way to do it right. All I know is that it feels wrong. Um, this is it's a classic example of a game where all the things are in place except for the gameplay itself and it's such a shame because there was a lot of thought put into this like you can tell yeah. you can tell I'll, I will say um, we talked about Sly Spy which uh, Sly Spy is not the greatest game of all time but it's very it's much more bondy than mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. although it's another game where you kill wave after wave of people which you know technically bond is supposed to not kill anybody if you didn't have to you know it's, right he's, he's a spy um but again, this was sort of the side of the times in the in the films too. I mean, like I said, he. You, but all things considered, I don't like the. I agree with you. The play mechanics on the, uh, on the, on foot levels are just goofy. I, I, it's. I mean, it, they did put thought into it. They're, it's better than if they just made it a run around and shoot stuff, but yeah. not by much. Mm -hmm. uh, the. Uh, I think also this movie is not the easiest movie to make a game off of. If you want the truth, uh, I, this is not the kind of Bond film. I mean, Bond spent a lot of this movie undercover, mm -hmm. and so you really couldn't use any. Like the, you gotta think the the half this game takes place in the first fifteen minutes of the film because that's when Bond's doing Bondy crap. He ends mm -hmm. up being undercover for a good chunk of the movie, mm -hmm. so it, there wasn't a lot of really good source material for this game. You know I think what? That's part of it too. What else I think would have really helped? I know that all this stuff is in the docs, but even if you would have, if even if you just throw up like a one frame drawing of and, and have just a little bit of text saying. Bond does this, like a comic book style thing. At least that would give you some more context of what's going on. Because the, the, the docs do good, do they do a good job of explaining it, but I would have liked to have seen something in-game that kind of guides me through the narrative. Because again, these people did care about the narrative of the movie. 
assuming the docs in my hand are what came with the game, they don't do a good job of telling you what to do. It just says attach the grappling hook to the plane. Oh, really? No kidding. Uh, yeah, I think, so... yeah, yeah, the docs that I had had, had more information. It says, it says Felix can't help you when you're when the clouds get in the way. And I didn't know what that meant until you just said it. I was like, <laughs> or maybe oh, not. Sense. Maybe I filled in all that stuff in my mind. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, but yeah, I mean, I, you could do worse. I mean, I, as if you're a Bond fan, is this going to like light your life on fire? No. If you're a fan of just like differing gameplay and that's sort of unique, eh, you might get into it. The graphics are good, the sound's okay, and the uh, uh, presentation is pretty pleasant for the most part. So that's as well as I could go down that road. Uh, the uh, reviews for this boat are they're eerily similar to uh, ours in a lot of ways. Uh, Lemon gives us a 5.95, which is sort of middle of the road boat. Um, Amiga Format gave it a 71. AUI gave this a 51. Drop the hammer. CU Amiga gave it a 69. The One gave it 4 out of 5. Uh, Your Amiga gave it a 68. I think those are probably a smidge low. I would I would say this is a, a C minus title, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I'd it's, probably go with that. Yeah. yeah, or you know, maybe a C, just because it looks good and it plays okay. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it, it, it it's okay. Um, I looked this up on the eBay. <clears throat> There's there were budget releases for this thing. You can get the budget releases, uh, but you know, fairly cheaply boxed in the UK uh, between uh, under thirty bucks. You should be able to find one. If you want the original box with uh, the poster and all the stuff that came with it, you're going to be looking uh, over fifty dollars uh, for the most part, up into the early sixty dollar range on, on this particular item boat. We get any Discord action boat on this one? We did. Up first, Frodo NL. He writes, a bit of a mixed bag here. First, the bad stuff. The in-game sound is rather disappointing, as are some of the graphics. Especially in the second scene, all the characters look rather similar. The game is also way too short. There are also some positive things, though. The game is way more playable than most other Bond games I tried, and there is actually a scuba scene that is not your standard side-scroller. Most of the scenes are actually based on the movie, and there is quite a bit of variation in gameplay. When I compared it with versions on other systems, though, I got a surprise. I actually prefer playing the C64 version of this game. 6 out of 10. Uh, let's see. Next is um, Jason Warns. He writes, infuriating. 4 out of 10. <laughs> Lord Soup writes, I prefer the CPC version, and the run-and-gun level is the best bit. Easy fun. So short of a 7, just for the fun run-and-gun level. And finally, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes a Herm Firm, 6.5 out of 10. Usually licensed titles like this disappoint due to high expectations succeeding their films or simply because the games are rushed. License to Kill is nothing special. It doesn't blow your socks off, it's difficult to play, and there's much better games out there. However, this is one of the better 007 games imitating scenes from the film. A variety of gameplay can be enjoyed as you go from air, land, and sea with so many vehicles to take control of, avoiding that repetitive feel as you level up. So yeah, yeah, good reviews from our Discord community every, this week. It seems like we were almost in lockstep with every single person there. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the uh, It is a shame that a license like Bond, which, I mean, it should be ripe for the all the finest games, uh, the, it really has languished, and mm -hmm. even the sequel to Goldeneye. When I remember when it came out, was it was not well received either, and that was the that's probably the, said the number one Bond game, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it, it was not well received. Right. So uh, one would wonder, and I don't know, did they even make games off the last couple? You know. Uh, oh yeah, they, 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 they've all they've all had games. It's just we don't we never play them. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I I like to play a good Bond game. For me, the Bond games are out there. They're just not named Bond or licensed for Bond, mm-hmm. but they're there. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we wrap things up this week, Aaron, we got uh, a couple couple uh, announcements from the Amigos community. Um, we want to wish a uh, happy birthday to two of our uh, community members. It's Pixels of Dawn's birthday is tomorrow, Aaron. Oh. He was born on the 4th of July. He's what you call a Yankee Doodle Dandy. I see that. Beautiful. Happy birthday, man. And a very happy birthday to Pixel Vixen over in Japan. Very good. Happy birthday, Vicky. Um, let's see. Uh, last week, Aaron, we had uh, a couple people guess the Patreon theme. This one I did live and in person, old school style. It was the Bubble Bobble theme. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I recognize that one pretty quickly. And, and, and that that song, I hear it in my sleep. And I turned, you know, Mr. Cohen did a stream the other day. I flip over, what's he playing? Bubble Bobble on the BBC. I was like, oh, my God, I can't get away from this game. Can't get away. Uh, I want to congratulate Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Gary Heather Hermsky, and Zorglub for uh, getting that correct. Um, and Aaron, if you know the name of this week's mystery Patreon song challenge, please send me an email, john at amigospodcast.com, and I will announce you as a winner. Uh, this week, Aaron, we've got the Patreon band. We got the Patreon band back together, Aaron. Oh, man. And so get ready, because here it comes. Hello, code, Mark Byland, or I hope Jonas, aka Simulan, Jeremy Jones, Ethan Little, Alien Breather, Dave Velociraptor, Bowber Boy, Joel Hughes, Lane Vincent, Luke Dudson, John Cook, Richard Ree, Roshi, Frodo, and Al Solin, Fanzo, Techmates, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, and Jerry Dan. Reflection, Simon the Edge, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Ten Men in the Mega Red Cast, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Minator, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Robos, Joseph Harrison, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Ricky Drew, Rooster Creepy, Dead Boy, 
Stefan Sorger Mortensen Evan Helen Lindo Seven Different Christopher Hassel Ravi Evan Christopher Chris Foles Dreamcatch Lauren Jerome Ren Becky Adam Battersby O'Brien's Retro and Vented Gary Hucker See Brian Jones Paul Harrington Duncan Styles Tapes Tapes from the Crypt Josh Nan Adam Bradley Jonas Blue THT Eric Nelson King Tommy Humbudstad Daniel Bixton Rubo Barracuda Derek Coles Jason Warns Pixels are down And Kyo Bjorn Bowman So again, outstanding, if, outstanding. If, well, I enjoyed th- seeing the cave too. Yeah, I want to thank uh, the members of the Patreon band. Uh, you got Reflection, aka Real Refy, on the guitar, uh, hanging out in Edvin's man cave, uh, who is also with us in the chat. Uh, and of course, uh, you got Just how I pictured it. the one and only boss man, Paul Harrington, on the drums. So thank you guys. Uh, Patreon band, large and in charge once again. Yeah, you guys keep topping yourselves. It's amazing. I can't believe it. Uh, I also want to thank all the fine folks that subscribe to us on Twitch. Uh, if you subscribe on Twitch, you get all of the same benefits, including including access to our Discord channel. So uh, we want to thank uh, Christian Russell, G. Vebke, Frodo and L, Mitsuyama, Old B. Sturgeon, Muggy7, Ant Jarvis, Chris Folds, Demoto Wylak, Macintosh Librarian, Rushi MSX, Googlebox, Hermski, Tapes from the Crypt, and Still Adolescing. Thank you guys for subscribing to us on Twitch. And I think we had a new uh, we have a new buddy over on the Discord this week, don't we, both? We do. Um so uh, let's see. I think that that is everything except for next week's game, Aaron. Next week, we are going to be playing, uh, you know, every so often, the Discord Center, or the Amigos Game Selection Committee, uh, centers on games that you and I choose. They let us pick a list, and they choose from that list. Okay. And, uh, you well, and I, I got to hear this. You and I both put a bunch of games on there. So uh-huh. far, both the games that they've chosen have been... For yours. Yes. And this week is going to be... And no exception, Super Hang On. Super Hang On. Somehow awesome, yet again, not chosen. I can't believe no one has chosen that great game. You know, I streamed um, that game yesterday to just to show people how great it was. <laughs> no, no, none of my pick. No one likes my games, but I, I, I am the outcast. Um, so, anyway, but you love Super Hang On. Come on. You I like the arcade version. You get to get on the bike and make a fool of yourself, fall off. You can just yeah. mount, you can mount your chair from behind and pretend. That's what oh. I do when I play Super Hang On. <laughs> that's, that's my social life. Right there. You just summed it up, my friend. All right. Well, I think that that is everything. Don't forget, uh, in two weeks, Amigathon. Set your calendars. Set your alarms. July 18th. We got one more regular Amigos show. Then we're taking the next Friday off for Amigathon. 
we will have a great time, but it we will a, see it'll you. It'll be a happening, boat. That's for sure. Tonight, tune in for my uh, patented Friday night stream of something. That's Give me right. Good. What, what time are you going to start that up about, Aaron? I'd say probably about the usual time, about 930 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for all you late people that stay up late over in your 